I can't sleep, Nana. Mila's skin was clear and pale, like the antique German porcelain dolls I'd bought for her when she was a child. Long, dark lashes shaded her almond-shaped blue eyes. I released the doorknob that I'd been ready to close, entered her room, and settled into an overstuffed chair with a sigh and a smile that belied my worry. Candlelight silhouetted Mila's face in a halo of pale yellow. The book she held created a shadow that fell across her chest, making the pink roses on her nightgown glow and float in the shadows of her long, dark hair. In the five years that Mila had lived here, there were few nights when I did not find her with a book. When Mila first arrived, I placed this chair next to her bed to read aloud one of the children's books that provided me with my living and my reputation. Over the years, the chair remained. I wrote more books and read each one to Mila until she outgrew them and began to read the novels she found in my study. The ritual of our time together before bed, our discussion of books, remained. Even during these years of war, she propped the book against her chest and watched me expectantly. You're coming with us, aren't you? Of course. I turned from her gaze and smoothed the edge of the comforter, wishing our conversation could skim the surface as lightly as my fingers. And Aunt Anna? Mila's eyes searched my face for signs of deception. Yes, she seems to understand. But she forgets things so quickly, Mila added anxiously. You know what she's like when she becomes confused. We'll sort it out in the morning. I folded my hands in my lap and leaned back in the chair. She'll come with me. Mom's worried she'll slow us down. She said that to you? My voice tightened as I finally looked into her eyes. Mila looked away. I overheard Mom and Bella in the kitchen before supper. I'll make sure that Anna reaches the station on time. With that, we sat among the shadows of the bedroom, neither of us willing to enter the overrun province. My younger sister and her husband resented my caretaking of my twin sister. A year ago, Anna had moved in with us. A nervous breakdown made it impossible for her to continue living alone in her apartment near the university where she had been a poet in residence. Mila began again. When I try to talk to Mama, she snaps at me. She's just concerned about the arrangements for our trip, I offered. Sometimes she looks over at Bella before answering me. Bella's a difficult man. I think she's afraid he might leave without her. Would he do that, Nana? No, he wouldn't leave without her. I rubbed my hands down the length of my wool skirt to warm them. This room resisted warmth, despite the clanking radiators that sat like plump cats, hissing and spitting against two of the bedroom walls. I disdained my younger sister's choice in men. Ilona effortlessly used hypochondria as a defense against any form of housework or child-rearing labors. She'd picked her husbands accordingly. Men willing to care for her in exchange for total control of her movements and her affections. Jealous masters. As a result of Ilona's disposition and the low wages Bella received as a legal clerk, they'd come to live with me after my husband died. They insisted they were concerned about my living alone, though I surmised my spacious apartment was a greater priority to them than my welfare. My husband and I lived in a large three-bedroom apartment in the center of Pest. I kept the master bedroom that I'd shared with my husband, which still held his clothes and his scent. There were two smaller bedrooms. Mila slept in one, my sister Anna in the other. Ilona and Bella felt those bedrooms were too small for them, 
and when they realized that I was not going to relinquish the room I'd shared with my husband, they claimed the living room as the only room large enough to accommodate them comfortably. As a result, my study became both a library and a living room. The dining room and kitchen remained as they were when my husband and I lived alone here. I maintained the truce with Alona and endured the angry outbursts of her husband to keep Mila near. She was the daughter I'd always wanted. She was an inquisitive and beautiful young girl. What are you reading? I leaned forward and gestured toward her book, hoping an old routine would bring comfort and distract us from our separate worries. Aunt Anna's poems, Mila said, turning the cover toward me. I can't believe that she wrote the words. Before her illness, Anna was a brilliant poet, with an enormous gift for making the mundane sublime. She was a remarkable woman. She still is.